Hello, everyone. This is Brian Zimmerman with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. We are thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Felix Manuel Chenea, the Senior Man- Manager of Health Equity and Inclusion Strategy at Doximity, and Sherry Buck, a co-founder of Doximity. Sherry, Dr. Chenea, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And so today we're going to discuss virtual care and the value it can create for, for under-resourced communities specifically. Before we dive in, I, th- I think it would be great if each of you could share a little bit more about yourselves with our listeners so, so folks out there tuning in can, can better appreciate your perspectives. Dr. Chenea, I'm going to tap on you to get the ball rolling with some intro comments there. Yeah, so I'm the Senior Manager of Health Equity and Inclusion Strategy. That really incorporates our internal and external facing diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts here at Doximity. The internal being really the traditional DEI work that you think of, of recruiting, culture, um, employee benefits, and employee resource groups. And the external facing is really where I collaborate with teams across product, um, business strategy, sales and marketing, and thinking about our social impact as a public company. Thank you, Dr. Chenea. And, and Sherry, turning to you now, can you can you perhaps share a little bit with listeners about sort of yourself and, and, and of course, your, your journey with Doximity as well? Uh, Sure. So my name is Sherry Buck, and I am one of Doximity's co-founders. I started Doximity as the head of product, and I've spent the better part of 12 years uh, listening to clinicians to understand their pain points and try to identify how we can help alleviate those pain points. I currently apply that same ear to Doximity employees uh, to ensure we support their journey as we grow the company. And our employees are interesting. We come from a a variety of backgrounds and have many unique strengths, but all are really passionate about healthcare and health equity. So I work a lot with Felix to find ways that we as a company, and frankly, as empathetic humans, uh, can make a difference on that front. Excellent. Well, looking forward to hearing more about uh, your work in tandem and and the work you're doing with Doximity uh, as we move through this conversation. Uh, but the first question here, and, and Sherry, I'm going to tee it up for you. I really want to sort of maybe set the groundwork for the discussion to come by really hearing more about the rapid adoption of virtual care during the pandemic, that increased need for greater accessibility of telemedicine solutions that occurred uh, at, the, at the height of the pandemic and, and throughout the course of this multi-year public health crisis we've all been navigating. Sure. So so in March of 2020, our, our health system was tested like it's never been tested before. So on one hand, there was this major health crisis that had us on lockdown with thousands of patients needing ventilators and emergency care. On the other hand, there were all the other existing patients with illnesses and diseases that needed to be treated, surgeries that had been scheduled. Telemedicine was quickly adopted in response to the pandemic to continue serving all patients safely. Everyone probably remembers how they felt that first week of shutdown. That week kicked off a tremendous team effort at Doximity to help with this crisis. So first, we opened access to our dialer call shielding feature to all healthcare professionals. This was previously only available to our verified physician members. The usage skyrocketed because clinicians can now reach patients from their cell phones without revealing their number. We also dedicated a team to build a solution for telehealth video calls. But you asked about access, and this is where we need to be really careful in product design. Just because you have a great technology does not mean it will be impactful. And the pandemic magnified the health equity issues that have existed for a really long time. 
And when designing our product, uh, we quickly realized that the complexity of technology or even the tech literacy or comfortability of the patient could impede access to care. For example, elderly patients may not know how to download an app from the app store. Uh, lower income patients are more likely to have a cell phone than a desktop computer. Solutions that seamlessly meet the requirements of the lowest common denominator are the ones that will work. So our fundamental design principle was to build a product that was easily accessible to all people, regardless of their device, uh, connectivity, or technical aptitude. And I, I think those comments bring me directly where I want to go next with the conversation, which is really, you know, what you talked about, Sherry, in, in that uh, the complexity of technology for certain folks um, in, in certain parts of the country, um, you know, the healthcare literacy component of all of this can make it a real challenge to adopt this, this really you know, powerful technology. So Dr. Chenea, maybe moving to you here with this question, what are some of those unique challenges hospitals and clinics serving patients in, in those underserved or historically marginalized communities that may experience some 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 healthcare literacy challenges or or lack of access to certain technologies uh, more so than other other groups? Um, can you talk about some of those those challenges that hospitals experience when trying to reach those patients um, with telemedicine and, and what lessons have been learned over the course of the pandemic? Yeah, so while, while telemedicine usage has increased during the pandemic, we've seen that not all patient populations have had the same access. So it's, it's important to intentionally uncover challenges faced by under-resourced communities and develop solutions that center them by design. Two themes that come to mind from our work to uncover challenges and improve our broadband or device accessibility and language support. In our most recent telemedicine report, we found 19% of patients with a household income of below 25,000 dependent on smartphones for internet access at home, which is consistent with other research. This means healthcare systems can promote health equity by investing in mobile first solutions. Our telemedicine report also found that mobile phones, either a cell phone or smartphone, are the most accessible device for telemedicine, which was consistent across race ethnicity. This means increasing access to care for all patients depends heavily on product design and solution implementation. So ensuring audio-only features should really be part of the solution. In addition to broadband and device access, we found language accessibility to be a key concern for our clinician members, especially those in under-resourced communities. After receiving numerous member requests and reflecting on both external and internal data, our team saw an opportunity for us to do better here. So this led to a, a feature that automatically detects the language being used on the patient's device, which by design helps avoid additional taps and potential, potential confusion from having to choose a language and results in a better user experience, especially for those for, with limited digital literacy. With the combination of other features such as our call merge feature and our ad interpreter option, we're able to help clinicians build trust with patients who speak languages other than English. These, these examples really highlight the importance of creating these communication channels with under-resourced communities that allow us to incorporate their needs into our design process, which ultimately leads to features that benefit all of our members. Some fascinating progress and learnings you shared there in terms of really tailoring this technology. Uh, but but of course, even with progress like this, accessibility challenges, you know, it's, it's going to take a while to solve a, a lot of them. There, 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 so so much of these disparities and in, in, in accessibility are deeply entrenched in our society. So 
as virtual care continues to become truly embedded in, into medicine in the long term, I guess my question for each of you is, how can we as a you know, healthcare industry uh, continue to enhance accessibility for, for underserved and historically marginalized communities? Sherry, you want to take this one first, and, and then Dr. Cheney, I'll, I'll turn it to you. Sure. So, so there are some good things that have come out of the pandemic, and the adoption of virtual care is one of them. You know, Felix touched on how we've addressed some of the fundamental challenges in historically marginalized communities within our product. But for that product to have the largest impact, we need to ensure that clinicians who are interacting with these patients are using Doximity Dialer. So as I mentioned, Dialer call shielding and video were widely adopted early in the pandemic. However, free access was never intended to be long-term. It was the right thing for us to do, but we incur a cost for every call made. And Doximity is a for-profit company and these costs really add up. Uh, so the, the end of 2020, uh, we began notifying our members of an impending price change. To be clear, most clinicians today use Dialer under a hospital license, but obviously not all are covered through an institution. So at that time, I received dozens of frantic emails from free clinics that had become reliant on Dialer to provide care for underserved communities. To be honest, we had such hyper growth that year, I had no idea that clinics had become dependent on our services. So I called them. It wasn't until I had those conversations that I realized how impactful our product was from a health equity lens. I vividly remember the phone call when I let the director of a clinic in Austin, Texas, know that I'd be extending her team's free access for another year, and she nearly started crying. Uh, it was an aha moment for me, and that began our Dialer for Free Clinics pilot program. It's a powerful story, Sherry. Thank you for sharing that. Dr. Chenea, what, what would you add on, on this question here? Yeah, thank you. So as Sherry mentioned, Dialer really highlighted the potential impact of our products. And I think that also influences how we approach equity and inclusion. Being a digital health company that's committed to working towards a more equitable world inside and beyond our office walls, we understand that to be part of the solution, we have to actively invest in health equity. Ultimately, process is product. So that means thinking about equity at every stage from ideation to implementation, which cannot be done without increasing the diversity of our teams, developing relationships with historically marginalized communities to better co-design solutions, and iterating to improve accessibility. So programs like Dialer for Free Clinics create an opportunity for us to immediately improve access to telemedicine, but it's also an opportunity for us to improve our product development process to further align with our mission and our values. Thank you, Dr. Chenea. And, and I, I one more question for each of you, but Dr. Chenea, I'm gonna pose this one to you first, which is, I would just love it if you could share your take on, on what you see as the, the future of virtual care in underserved communities and, and really the role of telemedicine and really helping improve patient access and, and really make some meaningful, meaningful changes to, to health equity in this country. Yeah, so I, I think we all recognize the flexibility telemedicine brings to the lives of patients and clinicians by reducing travel time and allowing patients to seek care from where they are. In addition to those more obvious benefits, it's important to understand that telemedicine can actually be a lifeline for many patients in under-resourced communities. While telemedicine does not replace in-person care, it can be a supplemental clinical tool, particularly for patients requiring chronic disease management. We see this by its ability to extend the reach of primary care providers and specialists amidst, amidst a physician shortage. 
in, a, in under-resourced communities, this becomes especially important. That's because free clinics are pillars in these communities. They have long provided care and have earned patients' trust with many depending on clinicians and specialists to volunteer their time. So tools that provide flexibility and efficiency in the care they provide are especially needed. Now, what's the future of virtual care in these settings? We talked a little bit about the need for equitable and inclusive design. I think it is crucial for digital health companies to continue improving in this space, but I think it's also worth highlighting how free and under-resourced clinics are innovating on the implementation of virtual care. We see this with how one of our partners has created telehubs. These are physical satellite locations that are intentionally closer to their patients, where in-person medical assistants are able to collect vitals and other tests. Meanwhile, they can see a specialist in a patient room through telemedicine. So a physician specialist is able to see patients in multiple telehub sites from a single location. Solutions like these help address both broadband and device accessibility issues that may exist in these populations. And I would also add that this particular partner underscored to us that this expansion of satellite locations was only made possible by having a reliable telemedicine tool. Yeah, so it, it, it's a really evolving um, tool in terms of the satellite locations, not just um, not just you know device getting over those accessibility to device uh, challenges. I appreciate you pointing that out, Dr. Chinea. Um, similar question for you, Sherry, in terms of it, it is forward-looking, future-focused. I want to ask specifically what your hope is for the the Dialer for Free Clinics program, and specifically why is this such an important program for for Doximity. Well, we are a mission-driven company made up of mission-driven employees. You know, it feels good to work on products that have a positive impact on our world. And I can't think of a more worthy cause than ensuring every human has the same access to health services. Uh, Dialer for Free Clinics has operated as a pilot program for nearly two years. And during that time, we've extended Dialer access to over a thousand clinicians in 48 free clinics. By formalizing the program and having, frankly, more conversations like this one, I hope we can grow to assist the nearly thousand other free clinics in the U.S. Uh, that would help up to 1.8 million patients with their care. Uh, that's certainly something that I feel good about. Um, and with these long-term community relationships, we hope to continue, as Felix mentioned, to learn, strengthen our network and all of our digital health products as they impact health equity. It's, it's such an important conversation to have, and it's been wonderful having you both on, Sherry and Dr. Chinea, to, to have it and, and learn more about that great your, the great work you're doing at Doximity and the evolution of, of telemedicine and improving access to care more broadly. I, I appreciate both of you joining me on the podcast today. Before we close out, is there anything uh, either of you would like to, to share with our listeners? Yeah, thanks, Brian, for having us both on. And I really appreciate being able to have this conversation with both you and Sherry and, and have the support of Sherry and, and the rest of Doximity in doing this work. Um, what I will say is that health inequities cannot be solved overnight or alone. Having said that, we'd like to thank and recognize the many clinicians, volunteers, and community workers who have worked tirelessly to help address the needs of impacted communities. Doximity is doing our part with the tools we can provide, and we'll continue looking for more opportunities to help. Thank you so much, Dr. Chenea. Uh, anything from you, Sherry? Yep, just echoing what Felix said, uh, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for having us, and uh, we'll continue to have our heads down and try to uh, build products that, that solve this problem.
We're looking forward to, to hearing more about what, what you're doing at Doximity. It's really exciting work. Um, again, it's been a pleasure to have both of you on. Uh, thank you, Doximity, for helping us put this together. Listeners, you can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.